When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your love, that we might be worshippers of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There is a smell that if I smelt it now, it would take me right back to a particular person and a place. And that smell is the smell of Johnson's baby powder. Now, some of you might not be old enough to remember Johnson's baby powder, but it came in big white plastic bottles. And if I smelt it, it would take me right back to my grandmother and her house in Norfolk. We all have those significant memories of particular people and places. And when we share those memories, we are sharing the stories of our lives. And as we share those stories with each other, we make connections with each other. The story of my granny in Norfolk might connect with something in your story. And when we share these stories of our lives, we are sharing what is significant to us. Those moments that when we look back, we realize nothing was ever quite the same again. Pentecost is one of those significant moments in the story of God. Pentecost is a moment in the story of God where the past comes crashing into the present and the future is anticipated. Pentecost is a turning point. Pentecost changes the past and it points us to the future. So, as we listen again and retell the story of Pentecost today, let us connect with that story because we're reminded that that story is our story. So the story is that God-fearing Jews gathered as they would normally in Jerusalem to celebrate the beginning of the wheat harvest. 
They called it the harvest, the feast of weeks or the feast of the harvest. And the Jews that were gathering at that time would have been very familiar with the Hebrew scriptures. If you were a young Jewish boy, you would have learnt the five books of the Old Testament, the first five books, by heart. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, all by heart. And so as they were gathering and praying, they would be very familiar with the story of Babel. But we are not such God-fearing Jews, so I have it here for us to read. Thanks, Tansy. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This ancient story is a story of a people who want to build something, encourage each other to build something that will make them great so great that they will reach heaven, the place of God. Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. But God intervenes and God thwarts their plans. He sends confusion in the form of different languages and the people disperse, they are scattered. The picture we are left with is one of division and separation. It's a story that sadly leads to distrust and suspicion of the other. A story that, as we know, leads ultimately to wars and enmity. So, centuries later, as the people of God gather, they are remembering these ancient stories of old, these stories of how God intervened in history, bringing about his purposes. And as the sound of the wind begins to fill the place where they're praying, they are reminded of times when God had been in the wind, when God is in the fire, when they see the fire on each other's heads, they are reminded of those great stories. They remember it was the wind at the beginning of creation hovering over the waters. It was the wind of God that parted the Red Sea and led them to freedom. It was the fire of God 
that led them in the wilderness as a pillar. And they remember that dramatic moment when Elijah prayed and the fire came down. They know wind and fire are signs of God's presence. God is in the wind and the fire. And then, in all the chatter and excitement, something amazing happens. All those who speak the different languages of the Mediterranean hear the stories of God in their own mother tongue. There is an outpouring of the gift of interpretation. And we see here a complete reversal of Babel. In the story of Babel, the people were vainly wanting to reach heaven. At Pentecost, heaven comes down. The sound that is like a rushing wind is coming down from heaven. Futile human attempts to get to heaven are transformed into God reaching down to humans. In the story of Babel, there is arrogance, confusion, and distrust. At Pentecost, confusion is replaced by understanding and joy. Pride and arrogance is replaced by awe at the greatness of God. Division and distrust are changed into unity and cooperation. In the story of Babel, people are scattered, and at Pentecost, they are gathered in. Pentecost is Babel reversed. And all this happens because of the transforming work of the Spirit. The Spirit transforms just as fire transforms. Some of you, like me, might have been uh, enjoying the Thy Kingdom Come material these last few days. I've been listening in on my app. And I heard, as, we were, as I was listening to the material, I heard this beautiful contrast between the baptism of John, John the Baptist, and the baptism that Jesus brings. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, <clears throat> but there is one coming after me, so much greater than I am, who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And they made this contrast between water and fire. Water is good, it washes and cleanses us, it changes us on the outside, but fire does more than water. Fire changes the inside. Fire melts things down. It reforms, it reshapes, reconstitutes. The Holy Spirit of fire comes to change us. The Spirit comes to recreate us into a new community, a new humanity, a people whose purpose it is to declare the wonders of God. But there is more. Pentecost doesn't just reverse things that have gone wrong. Pentecost points us to something beyond us, something that is yet to be fulfilled. Pentecost points us to Revelation chapter 7. In Revelation 7, the Apostle John records something that he sees to those of us who will come after him. So yes, let's read it together. He writes, 
<clears throat> After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. <coughs> I'll let you into a secret. We are studying Revelation this summer. Hold on to your seatbelts. And one thing I'm learning about uh, in this book of Revelation is that when John talks about heaven, heaven is not something purely spiritual. Heaven for John is not something out there, something that we have when we die, a place we go to. Heaven is God's recreation of earth. Heaven is God's reality here on earth. So this vision of worshippers is not something to look forward to, not something just to look forward to when we die. For John and for us, Pentecost means heaven comes to earth. The Spirit brings heaven down. The Spirit transforms us into worshippers. And being a worshipper is not just about white robes and palm branches. Being a worshipper of God means being people who don't look to our own achievements and greatness, but to God's. Being a worshipper of God means seeking what God wants, seeking to do his business, investing in his economy. But the Spirit does more than just transform us as individuals. As a new, redeemed, recreated community, we all, as Christians, bring about God's rule, God's reign here on earth. Tom Wright, that wonderful theologian, puts it so beautifully. He says, as worshippers, as worshippers of Jesus, it is our job to colonize earth with the culture of heaven. What an amazing calling we have. And this, of course, can look different for each of us, depending on who we are and what we're involved in. I was thinking about things like our nurturing program, which is a particular parenting program we provide for vulnerable parents. Those times when those parents are modeled and taught a different way of parenting, a healthy and flourishing way of parenting, a touch of heaven coming to earth. Or what about those moments in our workplaces where we stand up and speak out for the one who is ignored. Or those times in our family 
where we are the peacemaker, heaven coming to earth. Or even last Friday, just two days ago, when we gathered as different people, different in age, in stage of life, in all sorts of ways, gathering around a shared meal, celebrating heaven coming to earth. The Holy Spirit enables us to challenge the ways of our world that are contrary to the ways of heaven. When we see the fruits of Babel, mistrust, division, pride, rebellion, when we see the consequences of a world gone wrong, the Spirit reminds us that there is another story. There is a bigger, better story than we could ever imagine. A story that is for everyone, everywhere, right here and right now. Amen.